0: what's up everybody welcome back this is cody michael i'm joined as always by seth (gasps) that's were you doing an impression of the uh the gridiron grunt there (gasps) that that was yeah that's Wow, it's like I'm on the field. It is, uh, it's remarkable. It's what's the word I want? Impeccable, the impression that you're doing. I hope I hope folks out there are getting the same effect that I am because it's it's pretty effective. Omaha. There you go. We got Peyton Manning in the house. Uh, very special episode of Gridiron Grunts. We are of course socially constipated here with another week getting closer and closer to the start of the NFL season. It was a big news week, so we're going to cover uh, a couple of the major headlines. And then we're going to be previewing the AFC East, which I was thinking about last week and I, I may have even said on this show, not a lot going on in the AFC East. Boy, was I wrong. I uh, started getting ready to record this and was like, oh, fuck, there's a lot going on in the AFC East. going to be an interesting division. So we will talk in just a moment about that. First of all, quick announcement. If you're hearing this on the day of release, Wednesday, July 28th, then tonight, you have a chance to join us live for a recording of the Entertainment Outhouse. That is going to be at 8 p.m. Central. That's 6 Pacific. And we're going to be over there on the J Buck Studios YouTube page. At
1: Jared Buckendall.
0: So go join us over there. Hang out in the comments. Uh, drop some drop some funnies there. Be part of the conversation. And we're going to be doing some giveaways. So make sure that you are there in attendance and before the show, uh, make sure you're interacting with all of our posts. Do some likes, some shares. Go to sociallyconstipatedpod.com to join our mailing list, and then also you know comment on our episodes out there. Never know. In fact, I haven't decided yet what are going to be the criteria for winning a giveaway. So might as well just uh, try all that stuff, and you may be going away with something for free. We have I can't I can't share it here, but I and Seth doesn't even know this yet. We are potentially going to have some very kick-ass giveaways that we're gonna do. I will just tease that. So I hope uh, that some folks will join us tonight in the live show. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. So for now though, we're gonna have to get right into it because we got a lot of shit to cover before we even get to the AFCE. So let's dive right into this week's bathroom reading.
1: Fitting on toilet. Fitting on toilet
0: as I said, a heavy news week and it all kind of started last week for the second week in a row, big news drops, like right after we finish recording the show. And last week's version of that was related to COVID-19 and the league's protocols going into this new season. I think the, the headline here is you better get fucking vaccinated like, or else (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, we heard last week that the initial, report by you know the inside guys Schefter and the like was that basically if a game can't happen because there's a COVID outbreak on a team there will not be any rescheduling the team will be forced to forfeit that game and take a loss and the team will also be held liable for any lost cash from that game. Which I think is the biggest penalty. Mm -hmm. Um, They covered this on McAfee last week, and the number they were using was $70 million.
1: That's for like a Cowboys game.
0: Yeah. So you talk about reimbursing that team for, you know, all of, and the league for all the money that they lose by not having that game. We're talking about a big, big check, and the teams are going to be responsible for that. What does that mean? Effectively, you better get fucking vaccinated if you're (sighs) a player because. It, you know, do you really want Jerry Jones calling you asking for the seventy million dollars you owe him? I don't think so. And it's going to be be it's contact tracing. It's people getting sick. It's going to be visible whose fault shit was. And so i I don't know, Seth, like they're obviously just like in the wider United States, there are players in the league who are anti the vaccine. And we're going to talk about, A a specific case related to your team in just a sec, but but first, maybe just generally, maybe the first thing I would wonder is, do you see this as fair of the league to not technically mandate, but basically tell folks, look, if there's an outbreak, like we're not fucking around with this, so just maybe go get a shot. You know, does does this seem reasonable or or like the right move for the league, or how would you have liked to see them do it differently?
1: Well, I don't know. I'm thinking like maybe Houston, since we already know they already know they're going to be terrible. They should just all not get vaccines and they can forfeit every game. And then, you know, they're good, you know, like they, they, they can just go ahead and, you know, go 0-17 and, and get the first round pick. No, no strings attached, no question asked, take a vacation for the year.
0: That wouldn't be too bad. I mean, the <laughs> owner is probably not going to want to, what's 16 times 70 million? Um, <laughs> well, they weren't making seven, not at Houston games. They weren't like, yeah, making yeah, that exactly. much. <laughs> Shit, I'll um, write them a check for whatever they are going to lose.
1: <laughs> they also do, though, like if there was to be a, a home game, for, so if Houston were to like have to forfeit and it was their fault, the team that comes to play them, they also have to pay their game checks for that game too. Oh no um, shit! Yeah. So all very uh, interesting. Obviously, like I think just with anything in general, like I don't want to say privilege. I mean, it kind of is, but they all have worked hard there to get there. But I would say it's it's you don't have to be playing there. Obviously, you want to because you have a lot of money, but <laughs> you get a lot of money, but. You don't have to be playing there. They also so they make the rules like they if their rule is to get vaccinated so that all these games can happen and there's not an extra liability for the league and everything like that, then that's their choice. Then get fucking vaccinated. Uh, it, it, you know, obvi- again, I, there are situations where you can't because of health. I, my understanding is those are very few and far between. But that's a thing. And there are religious reasons reasons as well. I get that totally and that's why they're not saying 100% of every single player has to get it. That's why there is some wiggle room here, but they are expecting if you're in the league and your health you know you're healthy enough to get the vaccine and you don't have any any viable reason other than you just are don't want to get it or you're anti-vax, then they can say that you're gone, you know? And I think that's completely fair. That's their choice as a league to do that. They have billions of dollars at stake every single year. And if they don't want you to be a risk of that, those billions of dollars, then that is completely, you know, their choice, and it trickles down to the owners as well. If they don't feel what you bring to the team is valuable enough to overcome a potentially seventy million dollar loss, unless you're playing Jacksonville, and that's probably like fifteen thousand or so, hmm. um, then then you're then that's completely their choice. They can make that choice to say you can't play in my team. So. Quit complaining about it. You're <laughs> you're you're here by choice, so you can also choose not to take it and, you know, face the consequences.
0: Yeah. I, I think what this highlights, I, I totally agree with everything you said there. It's it's unfortunate that this is a politicized issue because it really should be as simple as like I don't know if this is still the case because the anti-vax thing in general has become a huge thing. But when you and I were kids, you couldn't go to school if you didn't get like a smallpox vaccine. It was not an option. You couldn't do you couldn't fucking go without the vaccine. And so this is a thing that we've done in America for a thousand or not a thousand, a hundred years. (laughs) Um, And so the idea that now it's this like political thing and like you got to exercise your right to not get a vaccination. Like, fine. If you want to do that, fine. You're just not going to play in the league.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I've seen... I would bet that some people are going to, like, call into question, like, is there a double standard? Because, like, we wouldn't say oh, well, it's within the league's right to kick you off the team, then about, like, Kaepernick, for example, right? Oh, yeah. This is is emphatically fucking different, right? Mm -hmm. This is a totally other thing. Kaepernick kneeling wasn't fucking up everybody's money and getting people sick and potentially killing them. People forget. This isn't just about games getting canceled. This is about people getting sick and, like, long-term health effects. And these are, like, these guys are fucking Ferraris. You know what happens to a Ferrari when you hit, like, a fire hydrant? It fucks up the whole car. These Mm -hmm. guys have very specific bodies with very specific needs, and uh, some guys that get COVID may never be able to come back and play again. So you're right. fucking those guys over. You're fucking the fans over the team. And I think what this does from the league and why I think this was the smart way to do it is it puts it puts on every individual player. You are, you are responsible for all of this shit around you. Do you really want to be the guy that fucked all that up? And I think most football players will say no. You're still going to get your Cole Beasley's and some of these other guys out there. And I mm-hmm. hope they get kicked the fuck off of their teams. Honestly, like there's at that point... You are being selfish more than anything else. You know, You can talk about whatever your reason is for not wanting the vaccine, but what we've seen is they're all stupid ass reasons. So like at that point, you're just you're just being selfish. And I, I you know, Beasley is an example of someone just fucking cut him. Like mm-hmm. no player I don't think is worth what they're talking about losing. Even if Pat Mahomes was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna get well, the fucking vaccine, you're talking about the entire team having to go through all of the co because if you're vaccinated, you don't have to go through the extra protocols if right. the whole team is vaccinated. You're having to yep. put your whole team through all that bullshit and potentially cost them games, a shot at the playoffs, money. You know, it's it's way bigger than you know, you watch Fox news and they told you not to take it, which I think is what 98% of these people not taking it. And this isn't the fucking vaccine podcast, but it does relate to the league. And I think this is the way to do it other than just saying you have to fucking get it. What they did do is one of the protocols is that if you're what they called an A tier coach, which means that you like have to be interacting directly with the players. They did say that those coaches have to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um, And I may have misread a headline or that that might've been a specific team, But that part did seem more clear cut. And that reared its head, Seth, in in your your favorite football team, City of Minneapolis. We saw in the news that it was, I believe, an offensive line and running backs coach who, let me pull up the story here. Rick Dennison. Basically, after this news came out, he said, nope, not fucking taking it. I don't care what you say. And so the Vikes fired his ass, like, same Mm -hmm. day. And since then, a little bit of it's changed. They've, they've kind of walked it back. And apparently he's now in a new, what they call a hands-off role as a senior offensive advisor, which means that he's not in that A tier of coaches and he can basically do everything remotely and not fuck the team up. But, you know, congrats, Rick Dennison. You you got demoted. You're going to make way less money and be unimportant and probably out of the league in two years. Congrats. You stood your ground. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know whether you have a different reaction to this Seth because they're your team, but... I, this is probably not the last story we're going to see like this.
1: I honestly didn't really hear much about it. I didn't read much about it. I just heard that a guy got, you know, demoted or fired or whatever. And I'm like, all right, whatever. A couple of other things too with this. So they have set a fine amount now for people who violate COVID protocols if you're unvaccinated. So if you were out partying or miss a, a test or whatever, it's $14,600, I believe, for violations. So that's not insignificant amount of money. And then also, you mentioned Cole Beasley, another player who is a little bit more big time, DeAndre Hopkins, came out and yeah. said that he's not getting it. And he's, uh, you know, he he's one of those guys where, like, obviously the league would wouldn't kick him out. For, I, I don't think not obviously I don't unless you were like causing major issues or whatever didn't follow protocols. I don't think they would kick him out or whatever. But he's like one of the I think he's one of those guys that is it, it could be a, probably a a big name on the other side of things to try and push for these quote unquote rights of not taking it or whatever. I don't think there's a lot of people in the league like that, that are that big time. Cause I think like, I think ultimately the people who see this all as a money thing in the league, which is, I mean, look at, look at how many of these contracts we we've seen. We have a guy coming up where they're, you know, fighting over a contract after they just resigned a couple years ago, but money is such a big thing with these players. And like, I don't think that a lot of these guys who are so money driven with it will risk even just small amounts of fines because that window in the NFL is just so small. Mm -hmm. Most the average guy plays like only a couple of years and the, the really good guys, like they have to, they don't, they only have probably five to six years of elite play where they make that money. So yeah, I think most of these guys won't risk it, but I could see, like, maybe a little pocket of guys led by DeAndre Hopkins and Cole Beasley kind of still coming out uh, against it throughout the year.
0: Maybe Houston will trade and get all those guys on one team.
1: <laughs> get, get Hopkins back. <laughs>
0: every, every just absolutely toxic player in the league could just go to Houston.
1: You
0: know, <laughs> I, I, I'm i glad you brought up Hopkins. I had forgotten about him. He is – you're right. He's the test. Like, if, if you think about, like, you know, standing your ground or, like, proving – Mm -hmm. that you mean the shit you say he's a test of the league and saying oh he's a star like he moves the dial money wise so are are we gonna reprimand him for the team that he's on are they Mm -hmm. gonna bench him are they gonna kick him out i will see you know the fans everybody is he's he's the test no one gives a shit about cole beasley like really people in buffalo don't give a shit about cole beasley but hopkins is a meaning he's a Uh, actual dude. So he'll be the test. Kind of like we saw with Zeke Elliott a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago when, you know, they were just kicking guys out of the league for any even sniff of a domestic violence thing. And then with Zeke, all of a sudden it was, oh wait, well you know, we gotta, uh, you know, and I don't think the NFL passed the test with him or with Kareem Hunt for that matter. This is another chance for them to show that they're not all performative and that they mean what they say. I hope they do. I hope they stick it to him. If he fucks up, you know, I'm not. You don't have to kick him out today, but if he does fuck up, I hope they fucking throw the book at him.
1: Yeah, and especially with a team like Arizona, They're I mean, the Bills are obviously the still one of the top AFC teams, but Arizona is like a fringe team. They're a team that a lot of people are excited about this year, and like their window is pretty small, I think, too, with some of the aging players they got. You know, if he if he fucks up and costs them a game, that could hinge whether or not they get in the playoffs. Like, yep that that would be that would be big.
0: They were one game out of the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, don't, yeah, don't forget in the NFL, like a game may, means a lot. There, a game can mean the difference between the number one seed and your wildcard team. We've seen that play out. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on this for sure. What I would say to put a bow on this is, is I would commend the league. I, I, I don't like to commend the league for doing good things because I know they only do it in pursuit of the dollar. Like their motivation matters here. But what they're doing here, I think, is a net good. They're going to keep, keep the games going, keep people safe. I hope that they come out with some pretty strict protocol on fans being there, too. Because like I said a couple of weeks ago, the thing I am not going to be able to accept is if we I can't fucking go to Rams games because COVID gets back up. So yeah. I would love to see that they limit fans and say you've got to be vaccinated to go to a game. And I don't think that would be, if you think about it, it's any business's right to do that. So yep. I doubt it, but we'll see. I don't know, but I'm glad the league is doing something because... They did some things last year, but I don't think enough. And right. so this year they've got the benefit of extra time to work on it. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm glad they're glad they got some things in place. Now, I think we said. I think I even said verbatim last week. We'll talk less about this now, but we are forced yet again to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Fortunately, I'll say it again this week. Hopefully, we won't have to talk much more about this because Aaron Rodgers today which we're recording on the 27th, Tuesday. Today, Aaron showed up to training camp with the Packers. He's back with the team. The conversation, I don't know if anybody has, like if this is finalized, the latest I see is that they're finalizing, but I could just not have the most up-to-date article. But there is a contract, I don't know, renegotiation that has happened between Rodgers and the Packers, And you might be thinking now, if you haven't read this already, oh, he must be able to be a free agent. Or, oh, they must have backed up the Brinks truck for him. Nope, they didn't. He just, not much happened at all. They moved some money to his current year, so he'll make a little bit more this year, but not an overwhelming amount. And they voided a single year off of the end of his contract, the 2023 season. He is still under contract, though, through the 2022 season. So he's he shaved a year off, but only one. And so, you know, when we get to this next off season, we're going to be in the same position we're at now, except apparently, and I roll my eyes heavily at this, even though you can't see it in a podcast, mm-hmm. apparently the Packers have promised him or whatever the fuck you do that's like, okay, buddy, yeah, sure. They've told him that if he still wants to be traded at the end of this season, they will do that, which is... I guess the idea is that leaves them with leverage to be able to get value out of him later. I don't think it does anything for Rogers. They didn't. They didn't. You know. I guess maybe they've behind closed doors have said you also get more say in what's going on. the The other news right now is that the the Packers are working on a trade for Randall Cobb mm-hmm. to bring him back in. So maybe that was one of Rogers' demands. I don't get this whatsoever. I see nothing in this that that to me justifies him coming back if he was that upset. I don't get it. Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't it seems like Rodgers got hosed here and I have no idea why. He didn't have to do this at all, right? Like I think today was like a big reporting day, so maybe he stood to lose a lot more money, but
1: Yeah, today was th- was the first the first day of camp for Packers.
0: Yeah. So I don't get this. Can you make sense of this or what what change I, that I'm missing here?
1: I I mean there there was as you mentioned, I mean there was some change. I think the main issue with with Rogers not showing up is that he's basically his, his entire career. Like we've talked about, they've released players he's liked. He's had no say. They haven't budged on anything, and he's kind. Of, he's he's getting that in a way with Randall Cobb. He really him and Randall Cobb are apparently super close, and he's wanted to play with him again for quite some time. they he never wanted to let for them to let him go. Mm-hmm. They also do have to give up a decent amount for him because his contract is big. So this isn't like a small investment. This isn't, isn't like signing Jordy Nelson to a one year deal for veteran minimum and saying like, Hey, we have this fucking, you know, old, old guy you like, like Randall Cobb is still 30. So he's not like two over the hill. He might still have some juice left in him, but he's also not worth the money that they're going to be paying him. So I think that's a little bit of a compromise. I do think getting the year off is also, it's a small win for Rogers. Because he, I mean, even though there's no guaranteed money and they could have released him, they still have value in him and they weren't going to like just get rid of him, let him go or whatever. Um, so this still gives you know that that's not good for Rodgers, but it is good for the Packers because it's known at this point now, like he's done this year. This, this, unless they can work something out, like this is he did that last dance photo of like Jordan and, and Pippen, like that that's like the most he said about it. But to me that says this is the last year I'm in green Bay and there's not much they can do to change that. There was, I didn't, like I said, a few weeks back, my mind changed within a week and it stayed that where I don't think he was going to sit out. There's no way he sits out because I think his value goes significantly down and he's, he loves playing too much for, for whatever reason, he doesn't want to just go live in the Hollywood Hills with his movie star wife. He wants to keep playing. So I think ultimately this is probably the only way it was going to, I think I mentioned last week, the only way it was going to work out is if there was a void. I thought it as this is his last year and then he's free to go next year, but this is also smart for the Packers to get some value back for him. I just think also this, this helps the Packers save face a little bit because I think a lot of people, if, if you just look at their track record between Favre and now and Rodgers and then seeing all the people they've released, how they never bring in guys. Like I think a lot of the story Rogers that, that, people have been telling for Rogers has lined up in a lot of people's eyes. And the Packers had a little bit of a, a, a negative perception. And I think this helps to maybe correct that a little bit, like saying, Hey, we worked with him, We're bringing a guy back. Look, it's, you know, your old buddies back together again with Randall Cobb and Aaron Rogers. Is it a great, great step for either direction? No, but I think it's at least in a place where it gets him back and hopefully Rogers can be free to go where he wants next year.
0: Yeah. This is, this to me is he got fleeced. And and it, I don't the leverage was his I think almost entirely you know I and there's the money of it all and maybe that was more of a factor here than than he's ever gonna say but I fuck I would fire my agent if this happened to me like really if you if you sit down and think about this like all of the shit that he must have wanted and all the reasons and all of the just all of the fuss about it and all he all they did was take a year off to me it seems like I don't know what else there must be something we don't know here because this seems like he just allowed himself to get completely fucked here because, yeah, like, he can say all he wants that it's his last dance with them, but he has no way of actually controlling that. There's nothing in this contract that forces them. It, it's a hand... They could even... They said they will agree not to use the franchise tag on him at the end of 2022, but that doesn't even... They could still do that. There's nothing legally that prevents him from doing it. So unless he is going to retire, like, that's his only chip now, is going after, after this season oh. he can retire... Or he can ask them politely for a trade and have no control over where he goes. I to me this did nothing for him, and it kind of makes me go, "What the fuck, dude? Like, why? Why all of this then?" Maybe he got something that's not in this article that I'm not aware of that did change his mind. But I don't. I, this it the whole thing just makes me go, "I don't get it." It's now what I will say is, you know, you talk about them making other player moves and bringing Randall Cobb. I don't think Randall Cobb matters except for that. You know, maybe they can take. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling off the field sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um. What What has always been true is they have an A plus roster. Like it, this. This is a team that should be in your. You know. Your Super Bowl bubble. And so maybe Rogers just finally saw that and he's like, you know what? I, if I can get motivated by knowing this is my last year and this team will be behind me. But also, I mean, he put the team through a lot, so maybe they're not going to be stoked that he's back. When my dad sent me. He lives in that area. He sent me a poll that they did of Packers fans. Yeah. And did you see this? When will you forgive Aaron Rodgers? 28% said there's nothing to forgive. He didn't do anything wrong. 2% said they already forgave him. 18% said I'll forgive him when he wins the Super Bowl. And 52% of Packers fans said I will never forgive Aaron Rodgers. Which like, one, for what? He didn't do anything to you. You know what I mean? But like, if you're on the team, you kind of did. Like that, that caused some stress for those people. Um, and so yeah, I, this that, seems like the worst possible outcome to me. I am, I am floored by. It. I could, I don't want to spend all podcast on it, but I could because I am so confused by all of this. It makes no sense to me.
1: That that part about the uh, the team, that there's been a lot of like media people who have kind of pondered that, and that's all been pretty pretty squashed. Like he's all accounts, all the people in the locker room really love him, and I I don't think that's an issue. I I think. If anything, like, I mean, again, there's better outcomes for him. There's better outcomes for the Packers. I think he did at least, I mean, and I know Randall Cobb is not going to make a huge difference in the offense, but I think that is something because that's something that they don't do. They never do that. They never trade for players. They never listen to anyone. I, I don't know. I I think there at least was something that was done. I, it's better than him just showing up. You know, like yeah, there was, there true. was, a, He at least got something off his contract. He at least got a player back. That trade, though, I don't know if you've heard that trade, makes no sense, not because of the Packers, because of the Bears. The Bears are involved with it. It's a three-team trade. They're trading Anthony Miller, who's a pretty good wide receiver, to the Texans. And then the Texans are sending Randall Cobb, and then I think the Bears get a pick out of it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I don't know why the Bears are helping an in division rival get a player that could help them beat them, and probably will. It's
0: because it's the Bears, dude.
1: They're, <laughs> they're so stupid.
0: <laughs> you know, they make bad choices always. So speaking about wide receivers on the move, you know, I, another piece of news that came out over this last week, still related to the Packers, was that uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah. who is in the he's in the 99 club he's been ranked it's one of the top if not the top wide receivers lately with mm-hmm. uh, NFL doing their preseason ranks. He is also in extension talks. He's going into last year of his contract and last week he stopped them which is a big deal basically saying fine don't extend me I'll, you know fuck you and it sounds like with rogers coming back he's he's now willing to reopen those conversations yeah but you mentioned the last dance before and it, we're gonna hear that one million times this year i fucking promise yeah last dance for these two. Oh, they oh they're gonna get 25 touchdowns because it's the last dance uh but um it it is. I mean the, the comparison is fair, they're just gonna beat it to death. So for Rodgers and Adams to make another run, see if they can get a Super Bowl on their way out, honestly I don't think that would necessarily be good for him. I, I don't think it I don't think it's gonna encourage the Packers to let Rodgers leave like they say they will if he wins the fucking Super Bowl. But I've been wrong before. So Adams back in, Rogers back in. Yeah, Hopefully Adams. we don't have to fucking talk about this more. But the Packers are ready to rock and, and now yeah. that their roster is is intact. You know they got to be one of your top four or so teams at least in the NFC. Um, yeah, and so so now we go.
1: Yep, yeah, and uh, with Adams too, he's done after this year, so he could uh, feasibly hold off and you know go somewhere else if he wanted to. If Rogers were to go too, but yeah, I uh, <laughs> it's it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, I've seen a lot of people say the last chance could be the the nickname for this one when they event uh, inevitably do the documentary series. We'll see. I, I mean, personally. I am not happy about Rodgers being in the same division still. Uh, I would have much preferred him to be in the uh, in the AFC or wherever. But, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll get to go to the Vikings next season and, you know, follow in Farr's footsteps, but instead win a Super Bowl.
0: I mean, maybe, maybe the Vikes, because if they get rid of fucking Cousins finally, then they'll have the money to do it. He is going to, Adams, mark my words, he is going to get a contract next year that is ungodly. Top, it is going yeah. to be so... Like he'll be the top paid wide receiver probably ever, and the the money is going way up because of the mm-hmm. new TV next deals. Year. He is going to get like holy shit! I didn't even know they could do that money next year. <laughs> like and, if he stays healthy and and has a good season, he is going to get fucking paid.
1: And that's the the talks the basically the rumors are is if the Packers offered him top wide like the number one wide receiver money right now, he would take it. But he's not. They're not doing that because they're the Packers and they try nickel and dime everyone. So. After it just came out that they made 140 million dollars in investments last year, while everyone else <laughs> in the league lost money, fuck. That.
0: Yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun story on Mac. I did. I did catch that clip that yeah. these teams have so much money. The idea that they that it matters to them whether you make 12 or 13 million yeah. just seems so fucking petty when they've right. got 500 million dollars in cash <laughs> somewhere. Right. Like, yeah. Screw you. Guys. Dumb. And if you're Adam, if if you're Green Bay, you have to realize that. Adams is going to get incredibly expensive next year. So why wouldn't you lock him in at today's rates? That's what we're going to talk about New England in a little bit. That's what they just did with their tight ends. They locked him in for a couple of years because they know the price is going up. And if Adams is willing to sign that, I, you know, Dak is a situation like that in Dallas too. You sign him, pay it. It's going to hurt today, but it'll hurt a lot fucking more next yeah. year. So we'll see. Packers are idiots, I guess, is maybe the headline here. But it sounds like they got I, their dudes. I just so can't we'll see. wait
1: for them to be bad. I cannot wait for <laughs> them to be bad. <laughs> but living my whole goddamn life with the Packers being good, I just can't wait for them to be bad.
0: Won't be long. Won't be long. If if you were saying that same thing, Seth, about the Saints, then I think we're pretty close to that, actually.
1: Because
0: yeah. this is this is unfortunate, but uh, one of the pieces of news that came out this past week, Michael Thomas, who, you know, he would be in that conversation with Adams, is one of the top wide receivers in football, has a knee injury that's going to keep him out for about half the season. I think they said maybe October is his earliest. Yeah. I anticipate he will he will really slow down that rehab unless maybe Jameis Winston has him 8-0 and he rushes back. I don't know. <laughs> Short of that, I I see Michael Thomas really stretching that rehab out and um, and, and being out for the season. So pretty big hit to a New Orleans offense that already had question marks. I don't know. I mean, Thomas is obviously great. His type of game, though, maybe can be replicated. Like, I don't – his skill set isn't impossible to replicate. I don't know what is out there. I don't know who else – is he even really on their roster, but this has to move the dial, right? Like, does this take yeah. them firmly out of the playoff conversation for you?
1: Their offense is, is going to be ugly. I don't know who they have as a number two wide receiver there right now. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be great <laughs> this year. That defense is going to really have to keep them in games and they're going to have to run a lot. But I mean, Michael Thomas is, he's an amazing route runner and has awesome hands. He's not a speed deep ball guy necessarily, but, you know, are there guys that can probably fill in for him to at least get them like to a movable offense? Sure. But like Michael Thomas is one of the most sure handed guys out there. And mm-hmm. it, that's it, to not have that with a and potentially a quarterback who is primarily a runner or a quarterback who has problems with accuracy. Not having that is going to be rough for that for that passing offense and yes week seven or eight is what they're saying right now and like you said if they if they roll into week seven or eight and they're two and five or something like that you know i don't know if i don't know if he's going to come back because the the chances the playoffs at that point are astronomically low and last year i mean he what went down week two and then like every week it was like is he coming back is he not like he was on he was on the injury report every week like as a you know questionable or whatever and eventually he came back but he's not a fast healer either (laughs) so we'll see Mm -hmm. what happens with him uh and it sounds like too he could have had surgery earlier in the seat like in the off season to be back in time but didn't want to do surgery and just push it off and push it off and push it off and finally got to the point where it was worse than it was thought it worse than he thought it was and now he had to have surgery so it's i mean i get that decision because having surgery is never great but I think that's a decision you have to make for your, for your career. And now maybe he chose not to have surgery cause he knew it would keep him out of the season because of that team. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think if, if he made that call last year because he thought they could make a run, it makes all the sense in the world to make the opposite call this year. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. unless I'm right about Jameis Winston and he's the comeback player of the year, this is a team that is going to struggle. You know, fantasy-wise, well, actually, before I even get into that, I'll give you a dollar for every one of these guys that you've even fucking heard of. Here's the rest of the wide receiver room. Is Torrey Mar- Smith
1: the – not Torrey Smith. Traquan Smith?
0: Traquan Smith, he's one All of right. them. And Ding. Deontay Harris. So I, I think there's your two bucks. Then there's oh Marquez Callaway, Juwan Johnson, Jalen McCleskey, Chris Hogan, there's your third dollar. He used
1: to be on what? the What? He's
0: still playing? Lil Jordan. Yes, that's his real name. Lil Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> Aesop, Winston, Kawan, ba- uh, Kawan Baker, Jake Lampman. That is the wide receiver
1: room. Dude, I'm pulling for Jake, Le- Jake Lampman this year. Turn the lights Jake on. Lampman.
0: He's on. <laughs> I get it now, Lampman. Where's my... I don't use this a lot on the sports show. There
1: you go. <laughs> He's my um, fantasy sleeper this year.
0: Before we move on from this, is this an increase to Kamara's Value fantasy wise, because the volume is going to be probably astronomical or, uh, or is it, or is it, is it hurtful because he's going to get all the attention too?
1: <laughs> that's a, I, he is my most nervous player in fantasy this year. And it's because of the sample size of when Drew Brees has been out. He doesn't catch the ball when Drew Brees wasn't there. And now, like you said, extra attention, they've lost a ton of players. That offense is going to be very slow moving and he is much more of a pace running back. I honestly, I think I've told, I think we might've talked about this. I like Latavius Murray more than I like him this year as a good value, just because he is, he's the guy that's between the tackles, pounding out touchdown guy on the, on the goal line. He he might end up getting more of the work, especially if like Kamara gets hurt. He's a small dude. Like you don't want to predict injuries, but if he's getting the rock fucking 25 times a game and having to run with it, instead of getting some catches in there too, it's going to be rough.
0: Could be. I love the L train too. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pick him up. big, you know, league moving news this week here in our headlines. So we're we're gonna wrap up the headlines there and dive into our division previews, which we've squeezed ourselves a little bit, but we've got I think plenty of time we can um, run through. to talk through these. We start now with the Buffalo Bills, champions of this division last season. They were thirteen and three. Really solid team, seven and one at home too. Uh, and Buffalo is gonna be an even harder place yeah. to play this year with their fans actually there. You know, we'll talk about the acquisitions here. They had a mediocre draft. They get an edge rusher from Miami, another defensive end from Wake Forest, Boogie Basham is that guy's name. He's a they pro get, wrestler. Uh, yeah, he sounds like a pro wrestler. They get a couple offensive tackles, a wide receiver in the late rounds. So n- not an especially sexy draft. Uh, and the free agency was was good, but yeah, still not it. incredibly sexy. They, they lose Andre Roberts, John Brown. Oh, Uh, from the from the wide receiving core.
1: I didn't realize John Brown left.
0: I didn't realize that either until I just read this. Um, But they add Emmanuel Sanders, so I think he gives them kind of some experience there. It's a really good wide receiver room with him and Stephon Diggs. Um, Sanders isn't you know he's not the Denver Sanders, but he'll be a really nice player I think on that team. They brought in Mitch Trubisky to back up Josh Allen, who secret say what you want say what you want about Trubisky. I cannot think of ever think of a better backup for Allen. I think it was the obvious best choice ever yeah. for a backup. Like you talk about style of play, he's not mm-hmm. Allen, but yeah, you know he can replicate it. They add a tight end, couple offensive. Looks like a, a big big uh, upgrade. Just well, I don't know whether or not it's an upgrade, but a lot of changes around the offensive line. So they'll be wanting to to get better there. Isaiah McKenzie, another wide receiver. Addition, so a strong uh, free agency adding to positions of need, and CBS Sports has given them actually an A minus on yeah. their free agency. So, not really any big splash plays, Seth. But this was already a damn good team last year, 13 and three. It's an excellent roster. Josh Allen, if you ever have watched football, and I hate to say this, you know that is probably one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, and, and he might be one of the top two. You know, depending on on what day you catch yeah. him on. This is a defense that was really good in spots last year, but showed weaknesses at other points. I think they'll be pretty tough again, especially in the passing and pass rush game. I think their weakness is is if you can run it on them. This seems like a team. I I'll tell you right now, they'll, they'll be my pick to win this division. I I see them getting back to the AFC championship game again and losing to my chargers. (laughs) If I had to, if I had to pick it today, this is a damn good bills team.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, it's a bummer that uh, jo- I mean I didn't I thought he was still there. I, uh, John Brown being gone is kind of a kind of a bummer. He was he was really really solid for for uh, Josh Allen, especially early on when he didn't have Stephon Diggs. Like his first yeah. first year, John Brown was the guy who was always just coming up. He was really reliable, so kind of a bummer. But Emmanuel Sanders, like you said, like he was playing pretty well still with the Saints. Uh, he's got great hands, great route runner, and obviously Steph Diggs is a baller, so. <laughs> You know he's fine there. He's got a reliable target. You mentioned the tight end they signed, Jacob Hollister. He's he's actually solid guy. He's got good hands, so um, I think he'll he'll be a decent addition because they they kind of have uh, some interesting tight ends there. Uh, a little bit bigger guys like Dawson Knox, I think, was a guy that I don't know if he's still mm-hmm. there or not, but he he's kind of a bigger dude. Hollister's a little bit smaller, so I think that'll um, actually be a, a little bit decent of an addition. Defensively, they're still going to be great. Tre'Davious White is awesome, shutdown corner. They're gonna be yeah, they're gonna be a fun team to watch. It's if they're if weirdly enough, the Bills are like an entertaining, fun team to watch play football. So yeah, I, I agree with you. They're my pick to win the division as well. Yeah. What what Easy do we got for, for uh what do we got for the for the bets? I need to, yes. I need to get my, my uh <laughs> my weekly fix in on the on the wagers.
0: Yeah, quit itching your arms. One thing I will briefly mention, Matt Breida got added to the backfield oh, too, okay. so that gives him some running back depth, which I've he's really a home like. run hitter. Yeah, he's he's a good addition. He'll have some long TDs. Gabriel Davis is another wide receiver too who dealt with some injuries last year but is really yeah. talented. I think you he's could solid. see him pop big yep. time this year. Looking at the odds, the Bills are the third have the third best odds to win the Super Bowl. Wow. It's plus 1200, the same odds as the Packers, which I think is a fair comparison honestly if you look at these yeah. rosters. You know, you can talk I... about what Rodgers adds over over Josh Allen, but at plus twelve hundred, Seth, you, you you gonna throw fifty stacks on this and uh, get yourself a new house or what?
1: <laughs> I I don't hate that actually. I think that's a good value for the Bills. I mean, it for of the top five teams, that that's probably my favorite odds. Honestly, I I don't hate that.
0: Hundred dollar bet's gonna win you twelve hundred bucks. Um, there you go. That seems that seems like a nice little payout if if your bills are uh, are going deep. I, I don't mind that bet. Either. I think that's a pretty decent one, uh, especially because I, I, I do see them, like I said, at the very least going deep into the playoffs. Looking at the regular season win totals here, <laughs> this is a tricky one. It doesn't seem like Vegas knows what to do. Over under a set right at 11 games. They're not giving you the half Ooh. game. It's minus 110 on either side. So this to me it, is it like second one. I'm not betting it. Um, yeah. I will say I if I had to bet it, I don't mind the over. Um, yeah. I, I'm not saying they're going to win 15 games, but I love them to win 12. You know they were 13 yeah. 3 last year. Um, their division game. is a little bit is going to be a little bit tougher. But yeah, you're getting an additional game here. I like them to get to 12 games. I'm not putting money on it though.
1: Yeah, you're. Right. I mean, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't put money on it, especially with even odds like that. But I I agree. I I would probably lean towards like 13, 13 wins or so.
0: Should be a big year for the Bills. Uh, hopefully everyone stays healthy and, and they can perform to expectations. But the expectations are there now, and, and oh. in the past they weren't. So we'll see how they respond to that.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, they won't be 17 and 0 like the Vikes, but they'll be pretty close. Oh wow! Yeah, there we go. <laughs>
0: Gosh. Speaking of undefeated teams, we got to go down to Miami next. Uh, Miami. They finished second last year in this division. 10 and 6, good year. They I can't remember. Did they barely miss the playoffs or did they yeah, get? They or lost. Lose? They
1: missed it by the last week of the season. They they missed it. A couple yeah. things had to fall their way, but didn't quite.
0: They did not quite get in. This is a Miami team that has a very solid roster full of guys yep. you've never fucking heard of. Um, <laughs> they're going to be led by Tua. I, I don't know how to say it. It's just Tua for me.
1: Tagliova? I, I
0: Tagliova? Tagovailoa, I think is oh, actually yeah. it. Tagovailoa? They get rid of Fitzpatrick this year, and so Tua is is their guy. I am open to being wrong about this. I don't think Tua's the guy. I don't see it working. We'll see. Now's his chance yeah. to prove it. They've got a solid roster around him. They added Jalen Waddle, who's an old friend of Tua's from Alabama. They brought in Will Fuller V, who uh, uh, I only ever knew on Houston. Will Fuller I don't V. Think he adds a ton. Will Fuller V. Yeah.
1: Surprisingly, he was a like top five or ten receiver. I know fantasy wise, but I think just straight numbers last year, he was really really good with Watson until he got suspended. So Should he I actually haven't. he actually I don't and I don't know when he gets to come back. I can't remember if it's four or eight games. But I actually really like him just to kind of add it to that. I really like him. I think I think that's a, a better signing than you, you might realize.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that is a surprise to me. Uh, Devontae Parker is still there and still a really good player as well. <laughs> yep. They brought in Malcolm Brown, who played quite a bit for the Rams last year. They've got a pretty nice running back room here. Mike Gesicki, one of the really good receiving tight ends in the league as well. I don't know much about their offensive line, but this is, this should be a good offense if Tua mm-hmm. can cut it loose, and that's the reason I I don't think Tua's the guy because I, if you if you're ten yards away he can't throw it to you, and and <laughs> we've seen with Te- he seems like Teddy Bridgewater to me, at lefty Teddy Bridgewater, and you know there's <laughs> a reason Teddy's bouncing around, yeah, Lefty Bridgewater, <laughs> I'm gonna call him that all year. <laughs> He's gonna be I one of my it. gags for the year, Lefty that's Bridgewater. In Miami. This defense was awesome last year. That, that's really what drove the ship here. Again, you, you don't know any of these fucking players, or at least I don't know any of these fucking players. What I will mention Byron here, Jones. one piece of news. But yeah, Byron Jones is out there, isn't he? Uh, across the field from him is a guy named Zavian Howard, who is, is mm-hmm. one of the top corners in the league. He made the news today by requesting a trade from Miami. He cited the reason being, he signed a contract extension Two seasons ago, uh, it was a five-year extension for $75 million. So this year, he's set to make $12 bucks. He thinks that's too low. As one of the top corners in the league, he thinks he should be making more in the 18 to $20 million range, which is where you'd see Tredavious White, Jalen Ramsey, and Marlon Humphrey. I have no tape on this guy, so I have no clue, but he is reporting to camp. Like, he's not a holdout. He's saying he's yeah. requesting a trade, but he did specifically say, I'm a professional. I will show up, but I want to change teams if he were to leave or be traded, first of all, they'd be dumb to trade him. I I think he got to call his bluff and keep him on the field. If he did trade, that would meaningfully change this defense. Mm -hmm. Um, But they still have a really solid set of dudes around him. If he does go on the market, he'd be a super attractive uh, trade for a lot of teams. So we'll see on that piece. But I think Miami doesn't feel any different to me than they did in the middle of the season last year. I, i I will get to the bets in a second. I I suspect just my spidey sense tells me they're going to underperform this year. But I, I don't know. Are you more optimistic than me on these guys?
1: I am a bit. I, to comment on Xavier Howard, I think it's a dumb, this is a dumb year to hold out for money. Yeah. Because you are going to get probably a lot less money now than you're going to get a year from now. So play, you're still making $12 million this year. Play, wait kill it this year and then next year you're going to get paid probably 24 million not 12 you know so just i don't that th- this doesn't make a lot of sense to me, unless he has a problem with the team from all i've heard is brian flores is an excellent coach and a lot of guys love him so mm. i i don't understand this exactly byron jones over there though he's had kind of a longer career getting he's getting paid he's like you know what we're good i'm we're <laughs> i'll be the number one guy in this team and shut everyone down yep. um, he, he he's a, he's a really solid player that defense is really good and in terms of their offense, if I had to pick right now and say, is Tua going to be good or not, I would lean towards not, but I'm still on the fence. I'm still on, like, the jury's out. He came off of a horrific injury, like one of the nastiest injuries you can have. Dislocated hip, and it was apparent, by, like, people were apparently throwing up when they saw it. So oh, <laughs> so it was nasty. And the fact that he even, you know, got came back and was healthy. Like they were surprised he came back and was healthy enough to even play last year. So I think that's impressive. I think give him a year this off you know, full off season. They added, I mean, I know Will Fuller can't play, but Waddle, like you said, is a guy he knows and has played with and by all counts is excellent. The the Dolphins have done enough to give him the weapons to be successful. I think these these guys that he has right now, Devontae Parker is still he's still a pretty solid player. Gasecki's a really solid tight end. Once Will Fuller comes back, he's going to give some speed just like Waddle does. I, I think this offense, plus Miles Gaskin, was a really, really solid running back last year and can catch the ball too. I think that this offense doesn't have uh, an excuse to be bad now. Like if if sure. they're mediocre like they were through points last year after Tua took over, then then you kind of have to say, okay, maybe Tua isn't the the right guy. But when there was all these talks about. You know, teams trading and all that stuff. Like, for some of the quarterbacks that were rumored to go there, like Watson and Wilson, I get that. But I also think people might be giving up on him just a bit too soon. So, for me, not enough evidence, but I could totally see him being terrible as well. (laughs) So, we'll see.
0: On the Will Fuller item, only one game left. That's it? Yeah, he served five games out of a six-game suspension already. So, only one game. So, he could have a big effect here. And, and if, if Tua can get behind a, a deep ball, that that's kind of where Fuller operates. So like, we'll
1: see. I like it even more then. I think that that adds a lot of speed that they need. Because I think, like you said, Tua's not the strongest arm guy. I think he still does have some. You I know, mean, he threw to Waddle back in college, so he has some arm. But, you know, I, I don't think he's quite Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe a little bit more. He's, he's a little bit stronger than, than Bridgewater. You can still call him Lefty Bridgewater if you want to, though. <laughs> But uh, I think, I think that's what they're going to need to do is, is and that's what waddle does well as well is the yards after catch the short you know short to intermediate and then they break it long uh, and then every once in a while I'll take a deep shot to fuller. So again, this offense could surprise people but it could also be terrible.
0: <laughs> we'll see with Miami. They're, they're definitely a team to keep an eye on. Uh, let let's put an eye here on the betting odds. I don't think Money. you're betting Miami to t- take it all the way but if you are plus 3100 so they're kind of in that mid tier. You want to take a flyer on slightly better odds than my L.A. Chargers, which seems fucking hilarious. I think Chargers are way better, but uh, we'll talk about them in a couple of weeks. (laughs) As far as the over under on regular season wins. Let's see here. Miami nine and a half. So over nine and a half, you can get plus 115 under nine and a half. You get minus 135. I'm I'm gonna immediately backtrack on all the shit I just said and say I like the over here. I like I think the te- over too. I can definitely see a 10 and 7 Miami team. Yeah. Um, and and I like that those odds. That, agree.
1: Write that one down. That's, I like that bet actually a lot. Um, Ooh, I like that. one. A- the money! There we go. Plus money. Plus money on that. I, I for them to basically go 500. I I don't think that's right.
0: Yeah. Maybe maybe they don't like. Maybe they're like me. This is higher than. I, it seems like a strength to me. Like if you're gonna bet it, do it now. I don't think this is yeah. gonna. Get, I don't think you're gonna get a better bet. You know, I, I would have either that thought that sense. the total would be lower or the odds would be worse. But it seems right. like you have an opportunity now. Get your money on on the over for Miami now while you got a chance. Yeah,
1: put that as a show bet.
0: We'll get that on the list there. Let's go on now and talk about New England. They didn't get a ton of coverage last year because they weren't super great. But this year, they brought in the Messiah, McCorkle Jones. McCorkle. McCorkle joins the New England Patriots. Somehow Bill Belichick knows the future and knows no one else was going to pick him, so they didn't even need to trade up to get Jones. But they apparently have their next, what they hope will be, franchise quarterback. Cam Newton still on this roster, though, so we'll see how much competition there is and whether or not McCorkle can start week one. (laughs) Um, This is a team, Seth, that is bringing back players who sat out last year. They still have very good defense. Their defense was, was outstanding last season. They've got a couple of players on this offense. Let's take a look at some of the additions here because these were key to be sure.
1: Real quick too while you're pulling that up. I don't this won't be listed as an addition, but Stefan Gilmore was out almost the entirety of last season with an injury. I, I believe I know he kind of wanted out, but it sounds like he'll be back with the team. He's reported to camp and everything. Stefan Gilmore if and he's older, but when, you know, uh, a year or 2 years ago, I think he was in the like Discussion for defensive player of the year and is like a shutdown corner. So if he's still healthy and is going to play, that's a huge, huge add for that defense.
0: Big time, total stud. He did report to camp this last week, so he's with the team at least. Great fucking dude. Great player. Mm-hmm. They they brought back Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy. Defense. He was on Miami last year, and so they they bring him back in. The McCourties are both, I think they're still both here. At least one of them is, I can see. Devin McCourty. They've got um, a couple other dudes on this defense. They did spend some money on free agency, (laughs) though. A lot. Um, And they went out and got Nelson Aguilar. Mm -hmm. who, you know, he's either a bust or a diamond in the rough, and we haven't seen it yet. They add Hunter Henry, who was one of the more sought-after tight ends, and Jonu Smith. Those two guys, probably two two of the top three maybe, if not the top two tight end prospects. Patriots just fucked off and signed them both. So whether it's Newton or Jones, one thing we haven't been able to say in a long time there are guys to throw to on this Patriots offense. Even after Julian Edelman retires this season, which I think was maybe the most notable departure here. um, Besides him, they also lose Joe Tooney, who ended up on the Chiefs. Kendrick Bourne, who I believe was on San Francisco last year. Solid guy. They brought in some some actual players to surround either Cam or McCorkle with um, (laughs) this season. They also drafted some guys that weren't super notable. So, Seth, I guess... Maybe the question I would ask you is, do you, think, do you think you go with Jones, Mac Jones? If anyone's confused, we should at least say once, Mac Jones is who we're talking about. He's Mac McCorkle. Corkle. Do you think they end up going with him or Newton? And then as a follow-up to that, how do you see the Patriots performing this year? Do you see them being back in the mix, back in the playoffs?
1: I think the Patriots are going to, just based on them spending money, which they never do, I think the Patriots are going to fucking go balls to the wall this year. I think the defense will be a lot better just because of those additions and people coming back. But the offense, they spent a shitload of money on it. They drafted McCorkle. Cam Newton is still there. Uh, they resigned him, and he sounds like he's, doing, he's healthier. You talk about COVID. That's a guy that COVID actually really impacted. He was playing really well up until like week three when he got COVID or week four whenever he got it. He was out a couple weeks, comes back, and he, you know, he talked about it all the way through the season. Like he never felt 100%. Uh, His lungs were never there. He never moved as well. It sounds like he's doing better. I've heard that they might have both of those guys out there. Oh, yeah? On offense. So have McCorkle and Newton. That would be really interesting because Cam, you know, he's he's not the best throw out there, but he's a very serviceable quarterback. But he can also take it and run like he did all season last year. And if it sounds like Jones is, is a good uh, quarterback, like they really like him and he's played really well in camp. So if they can go with both guys and, and have a lot of they have a lot of speed in that offense, they have two fucking big ass tight ends in the middle. Um, and who is it? Harris as their running back? The, Damian uh, Harris, up. who really Damian. popped
0: last season, they still have Sony Michelle and James White, the sweet one. <laughs> it seems like the, those two guys have been on that team for a thousand years. Yeah. Um, so the running back, I mean, they got talent. This offense definitely has talent. You're not wrong.
1: I, I don't. Do I think the Patriots win the Super Bowl? No. Do I think though that they compete in this division? Absolutely. I I think that some of the win total, maybe that's why some of the win totals are are less because it might be a more competitive division uh, with at least the three teams. But I think the Patriots for the first time in a while might be fun to watch, which like through the Tom Brady era, the only thing that was fun to watch was how like excellent they were at executing, but it was never like a fun football team to watch unless it was Randy Moss out there. This might actually be a fun offense to watch for the first time in a very long time.
0: A little bit of sex appeal. On the Patriots. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I don't think McCorkle's bringing the sex appeal, but I like Cam. Did
1: <laughs> you just I, see I his just... walk when he got drafted? He has fucking all the sex appeal.
0: Oh my God. Ugh, he looks boring. Looks like my... I, I wouldn't hire him to be my accountant because he's too boring. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to put on the record for just one sec, I am very pro Cam Newton. If he doesn't end up being the starter here, fine. Like, you drafted Jones, sure. But I hope he finds and still gets a chance to start somewhere. I, I know it's been a struggle the last you know season or a couple. I still think he's got... Something left to contribute, so we'll see. Yeah. He, maybe, he ran maybe Jameis Winston crashes and burns, and and uh, <laughs> and uh, New Orleans calls.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he he ran the ball really well last year. He's still effective doing that, and it sounds like he likes being there. They they like him, and he likes being there. So if he's open to doing that in offense and doing some new creative things, it could rejuvenate him too.
0: I hope it does. I'm rooting for him. Seth doesn't see the Patriots win the Super Bowl. If you do, you can get plus thirty seven hundred on yeah. the bet there. So. Again, you're not probably betting that unless you're a Patriots fan.
1: The thing is, is that you never know with Belichick, you know, like he, he, could, he could coach that team to a Super Bowl and I wouldn't be entirely shocked.
0: Yeah, I yeah, we'd be I would I would play this back for myself and go, you fucking idiot. You <laughs> know, you should have um, put 100 bucks on it. I think Vegas agrees because Seth, the, the over under here on regular season wins is nine games oh, that's and tough. The over is actually paying minus 140. So they think, yeah. Vegas seems to think they're going over. The wow. under pay, pays you plus 120. If I'm betting this, it's the mm-hmm. under just because yep. of the odds. And I think they're more likely to be bad than to be great. But this, you know, in terms of, you know, the level of optimism that they have about this Patriots team, I think it's certainly telling.
1: I agree with you. Yeah, I, I, I uh, in terms of the bet, the under is where I would go. Um, it seems like Vegas... Vegas might have a little bit more optimism than I do even. Um, like I said, I, I think they're, they'll be fun to watch. I don't know how many wins that'll produce out of it. You know, I think maybe they're leaning towards that defense, keeping them in games more, now that they're going to be a little bit more whole this year, hopefully. But yeah, I would I would go with the under on this one. I, I, I would put nine as probably the max wins I would see for them this year.
0: Shall see. Definitely at the top of this division – in, interesting, I think is is the way I would put it. I, I love the Bills. Miami will see on New England at the very least will be interesting. That's more than we can say about this fourth. <laughs> then, yes, we do have to cover them. So here we go. I gotta talk about the New York Jets. I I will say, the listeners, you you got off lucky this week because I had this entire super long, super adamant rant. About the Zach Wilson pick at number two from BYU, the new quarterback that they're bringing in. You will be spared it because I don't have time for it all. But I will tell you that it was loud and passionate, and Seth has heard parts of it already. So he was the highlight play. Zach Wilson, they think he's the new Broadway Joe. I do not. They bring in some other guys that you don't know their names. In free agency, they do bring in Corey Davis, who was most recently on Tennessee. Pretty nice white out big body dude. Carl Lawson, a D end. They add a, a linebacker. They bring in Tevin Coleman, who's uh, we know from mm. Atlanta. Keelan Cole, another wide receiver. LaMarcus mm. Joyner, uh, defensive back, so they, they try to add to that defense. Tyler Croft, a tight end. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I, I think I'm hearing uh, sarcasm in your woos there, Seth, and, and I think it's correctly placed. Yeah. Um. I, honestly, like I don't even really feel the need to talk about what the Jets did or what they could be because one, I, I think they're going to be crap. I, I think they're in such a tough division. I, I don't see them getting a lot of wins. We'll get to the over under in a second. I'm more interested in what they didn't do. They had an opportunity. They had an opportunity to keep Sam Darnold, who, as we talked about, we think is going to really show some stuff this year mm-hmm. and get a million picks back for the number two <laughs> draft pick at le- and, at and make first. this a team. Like, yeah, three firsts is what they could have gotten. And make this a team that's interesting and that people give a shit about. And instead, they went and got the second-best receiver on the Titans. And they think that, oh, wow, <laughs> that's going to... Like, they're going to... Maybe even third-best. They bring in Robert Sala, who everyone in the league seems to love. Bob. You know, maybe, he'll, maybe he'll give them a, a boost. It, it, it's definitely going to be an improvement over the last fucking guy, who I can't even remember, but he keeps ruining quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> Adam Gaze.
0: Adam Hicks yes, thank you.
1: <laughs> ruining quarterbacks.
0: Just, ugh. Oh. Now, the... There's enough guys on this roster. I I think like if Houston's the worst team, and then who did we talk about just recently as being like another Eagles? It was the Eagles. Oh, yeah. So if it's like Houston's the worst and the Eagles are right there, I would put the Jets maybe like a centimeter better than the Eagles. Like it's those those three teams. I don't are even know if I the put them there. Pick. They can try if they if they are hearing this podcast. You can try again next year at trading the number two pick because there's a decent chance you're going to get it again. I, yep. The Jets are terrible. I don't even. Yeah. What do you, you got? Anything to add I, about the Jets?
1: There's <laughs> just nothing I see about Zach Wilson. I, I you know the t- this, the footage I've seen of him play, and then you like like you said they they got the second best receiver on the on the Titans to be their number one guy. I think they also drafted Elijah Moore if I remember right
0: yes they did yes
1: oh god i'm good with the draft this year Very good they, they uh he, he's a he was in the second third third round second round second round uh second um, yes he's a really good wide receiver i think he he's he's a guy that i think has a lot of promise and a, and he was a talk kind of a, a undervalued guy in a deep wide receiver class that being said the rest of that team the whole entire team itself is bad zach wilson is undersized and you can say drew Brees or blah 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 he, he also comes from a small-ass school um, in BYU who doesn't – Who they don't play a lot of people. And you can say, oh, Trey Lance played at North Dakota State. He at least looks like an NFL quarterback. Zach Wilson looks like a, a pro lacrosse player. Like, he's, <laughs> five, he's five foot tall and 102 pounds, and you can't teach that. So um, <laughs> I actually don't know how big he is. I think he might be a little bit bigger. But I don't know, man. I, nothing about him playing football looks it looks like it's NFL style to me. The offensive line is still bad. The defense is still bad. They are going to be a terrible, terrible team. And like you said, I think they'll be drafting probably two or three because Houston's going to draft one.
0: Jets stink. I'm going to be the most – like I may have a segment this week, and it's – Cody talks about how bad Zach Wilson is. There's a chance I'm wrong, and I'll feel very dumb if I am, but I – you've heard me. I don't need to – I've gone on for a long, long time about Zach Wilson. I think they're bad. You're not betting them to win the Super Bowl. Can you make money off of them though? Over/under over set under. at six games.
1: Give me the under. And
0: again, Vegas says minus one fifteen for over and minus one hundred five for under. Vegas does Vegas doesn't know what to do hammer. with either.
1: Hammer the uh, under.
0: Hammer the under. Seth says he doesn't care about the minus one hundred five. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him winning six games. Not in this fucking division. I I don't know who they're gonna who they're gonna beat if you think they're getting seven wins. So yeah, maybe you do hammer the under and just take take the less odds. I don't know, but they can't even bet right. That's the fucking Jets for you.
1: Yeah. Well, Jet Bits.
0: Interesting here, Seth. I, I I would be surprised if we differed. Maybe we will in the middle. Give me the Bills, and then give me New England before Miami, and then obviously a huge, huge fucking cavern gap, and then the <laughs> Jets in fourth. Um, you you did you talked some optimism into me on the Patriots, and so uh, I'll put them as second. Hmm. You know, maybe flirting with the playoff spot.
1: Well, I I I still have it flipped. I think the Dolphins are just a overall better roster, so I would go with Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets.
0: Yeah, the Bills. You might as well write the Bills into the playoffs unless something catastrophic yeah. happens. That's a damn good fucking oh, football great. team. So you
1: just you just fucking totally uh, you just totally cursed Josh Allen, and now old uh, Mitch Trubisky's have to come in there and show everyone how it's done.
0: Well, I mean. I would obviously feel bad if that happened, but that would make it easier for the Chargers to get in. So it would kind of (laughs) serve me. So obviously I don't root for anyone to get hurt. But,
1: Mr. Biscay, he has about three good games in him this season. You look out.
0: (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Maybe he'll make a Joe Flacco playoff run. We're taking the Bills to go through the playoffs. Not a lot of great bets here. What was the one we did like, Seth? Was Was it Miami going over?
1: Yeah, Miami over, I believe.
0: There you go. Take Miami, the over, and take Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. That's a decent bet too for the looks of it. That's gonna wrap up our division preview this week, and that's the end of our bathroom reading.
1: Sitting on the toilet. Now flush.
0: So we will get you out of here and back to your day. But first, one more thing. Thing. I'll go back to a story we covered last week, the running back situation in L.A. One thing, they did say, Sean McVay came out and said they're not going to play Darrell Henderson in the preseason. So he's getting running back one treatment. That doesn't mean they're not bringing anyone in. The the thing I saw today that I found, eh? Eric Dickerson, who's a pretty vocal he's Rams legend, is going to be suiting up for the Rams. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> he's like fucking 60. Um, that would be hilarious, though. I'd root for it. I have a Jersey of his somewhere and I have a signed hat of his too. Yep. Um, I met him once. He's a freak of, he put his hand on my back and he had like his, his fingers wrapped around all of my ribs. It was <laughs> off. It made me feel like a bitch. Um, <laughs> he is very vocal about the Rams and, and it does a lot of interviews and things. He is saying the Rams should go back and get Todd Gurley. and And that's yeah. causing some Rams fans to get behind that. I disagree. I think Dickerson should shut up. I think they should go get Peterson. But, you know, I don't know much. So ED thinking they should bring back in TG3 to play RB for LA. I don't like it, but that's out there, I guess.
1: No, I agree with you. Peterson needs to go there. I couldn't really think a whole lot for one more thing, but I did see the Vikings finally made a a signing uh, that I enjoyed this offseason. They signed uh, D.D. Westbrook as their third wide receiver, who's a solid player. And uh, they're going to have to go with Chad Beebe for their third wide receiver. So I think this is a huge upgrade, actually, their third wide receiver spot. Not a bad little player. He's had, I think he's had like 900 yards a season on average since he's entered. Has a whole handful of touchdowns. Really good slot receiver. So I'm excited about him. He'll be interested, interesting in that Vikings offense and adds a little bit of reliability uh, for old Kirk Cousins. So more and more of some of these Viking signings I'm seeing, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy. So I don't know. 17-0 isn't too far off.
0: Oh, God, here we go. Seth's so going to be updating his Super Bowl pick before too long here. <laughs> um, and D.D. Westbrook is is why. D.D. Uh,
1: D.D., and I get to do that all season. D.D.! Oh, God.
0: Well, you could have done that with B.B. if you wanted to,
1: but No, guess... that's stupid. doesn't make as oh, much okay. sense.
0: D.D. Westbrook bring, is joining the Vikes, and Todd Gurley, I hope not, joining the Rams again. But I'm open to being wrong about that. Maybe he does. is still good. But anyway, that's one more thing. But I'm down to Don't forget to join us tonight, the 28th, of course, if you're listening to this on release day, 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 Pacific on the J Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. Doing the Entertainment Outhouse live. We hope you'll join us there. You could win something and some exciting things too. So uh, we hope you'll join us there. Otherwise, don't forget to hit us up. However it is, you can get a hold of us and let us know if you want to join the Fantasy League around the show. I'm still looking for some folks to join. Yeah would love to have more of you guys so I can whoop your ass. We'll have other games uh, in addition. I think we're gonna do some pick them and we'll talk more about that as the season approaches. So we will wrap things up for you there and we'll move on to a new, I don't think we've picked a division next week. So it'll be a little bit of a surprise. And uh, we hope to see you back here in seven days. Uh, but for now, seven days. that is this week's gridiron grunts. So that is Seth Ott. This is Cody Michael and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.